Retirement is changing. So is the way we plan for it. If you think retirement means you can't keep building for the future, that adventure is only for the young, or that long-term investing should stop at retirement, let's retire that thinking. And if you think every target date fund can deliver the same long-term results, let's retire that thinking too. Can I give my clients a target date fund that helps their employees retire their way? With Capital Group, I can. Visit CapitalGroup.com today. Talk to your financial professional for investment risks and information. American Funds Distributors, Inc., member FINRA. A new year, new Congress, and new direction with so many of the issues that affect the 401k and retirement plan space. Hi, I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. This week, we turn to the one and only Fred Reich, one of the country's top ERISA experts with legal powerhouse Faker Drinker, for a discussion of fiduciary, ESG investing, Reg BI, and committee meetings in a time of COVID. Fred, the outlook for at least the opportunity to invest in ESG just got much better given the events of the past few weeks. Would you agree? And where do you see it now headed? Yeah, uh, John, I, I do agree. I, you know, if we had been talking back in November after the presidential election, it would have been a different conversation. But two things have happened since then. The, the most important thing is the Georgia Senate runoffs, which effectively gave uh, the Democrats control of the Senate as well as the House and the White House. Uh, and then the, the nomination of a Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, who has a strong union background, and, and the unions, by and large, uh, are in favor of ESG investments. So I, I, I think there's a whole new complexion uh, that, as you said, has just developed in the last couple of weeks. So yes, I, I do agree. It would seem that even with favorable ESG guidance, though, investing or offering ESG could still be a fiduciary issue. And I'm not talking about within the sector and necessary due diligence, but the sector itself. Do you agree? Yes, it's always been a, I mean, for retirement plans, it's always been a fiduciary issue. It it never has been. It's been politicized some with the uh, Democrats historically taking a softer line on it and the and the Republicans taking a harder line on it. But it's never been... Nobody has ever said it's not a fiduciary decision. So that, that has been the case and it will continue to be the case. It's, it's, it's more a consideration of weighting of the various factors. So, again, I agree with you. It's been somewhat confusing, um, even with the guidance. Do you expect clearer guidance going forward? I mean, is it really going to lay it out once and for all that, yes, you can do this? Um, I think so. I mean, there's, there's a couple of ways that could happen. John, the first way is uh, uh, there's still time under the Congressional Review Act, the so-called CRA, for the House and the Senate to override the regulation and effectively kill it. And then in that case, the Department of Labor could issue what's called uh, sub-regulatory guidance, you know, like a field assistance bulletin or an information letter of some kind uh, that would uh, give a little more detail about how to go about processing the various factors that are considered. Um, that's one option. The downside of that is that uh, once a regulation once a regulation has been overridden by Congress uh, under the, the CRA, you can't then write a substantially similar regulation uh, in the future until Congress actually approves. Uh, the writing of a sub, of a subsequent regulation. So, uh, unless I mean, it's possible that when the CRA, assuming it does, overturns the regulation, and that's only one option. But, but assuming it does, there, that there's legislation that overturns the regulation, um, 
then it would be difficult for the Democrats in the future to make any changes unless accompanying that were also uh, a, a statutory change that for ex- that, that that facilitated the the uh, ad- additional guidance on the on ESG factors. For example, there's already one bill that was introduced previously in the last Congress that would have required that ESG factors be considered. Uh, so the exact process by which this happens is still up in the air. Just to give you another example, uh, the the effective date of the regulation could be delayed. Uh, uh, and then a new regulation could be written without going to Congress because the, the agencies have the power subject to the direction of the White House to write regulations. So Congress isn't even needed for that. Uh, one way or another, though, John, the, 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 what, the, uh, what was done as a what's so-called midnight regulation, meaning an end of the presidential term regulation, will be changed. I, I, I have about as close to 100 degree certainty in, on that as, as you can have. So, yeah, I, I do think uh, it's going to be changed one way or another. And I, I've mentioned a couple of the processes that could be used. And I think that uh, the outcome will be more favorable than the current regulation. Do you have a sense of how fast or slow ESG investing will grow just from the inquiries and requests for, from your clients that you receive on its legal and regulatory aspects? Um, you know, I think it's going to grow a lot faster in terms of personal investments, including IRAs, uh, because I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of emphasis going forward on environmental issues. Uh, I think that uh, companies that uh, develop products and services that help with the environmental issues and, and social and regulatory issues as well, but particularly environmental, uh, are going to perform well in the marketplace because there's going to be a big market for them. So, uh, plus, I think young folks, uh, millennials and, and younger people are uh, very conscious of the environment and will favor investments that, that are consistent with their philosophies. So that's individual investing. Now, plan investing. Um, I, I think that it will grow there, too. There, there is a – while fiduciaries have the job of selecting prudent investments, uh, plan committees, for example, they do want to have an attractive lineup for their employees. They want to have investments that the employees would like to invest in and that would encourage participation. So, yes, I do think there'll be growth, but, but the, uh, the, short, the near-term exponential growth, I think, will be more at a personal level with a more gradual growth in the 401k plans, particularly if some clarity is, is given to plan fiduciaries, will occur over the next several years. So, yeah. But as the, one of the country's foremost ERISA attorneys, you're not getting hammered by clients for any kind of uh, opinions or legal work when it comes to ESG at this point. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. No, that is true. There, there's not a... Um, uh, I haven't received a lot of requests. I haven't been invited to committee meetings where they where people are saying, "Well, what about selecting ESG investments?" I I think that the uh, development of the regulation over the second half of last year uh, probably caused people to say, "Well, let's let's step back for a second and and see how this develops because we don't want to commit to something that we would then have to unwind. Uh, that would be worse than never committing at all." So. Um, I, I think people are on hold right now. And uh, I also think that in this current work from home environment that um, folks are by and large saying, 
you know, let's maintain as best as we can for the time being. I mean, it's hard to believe we've been working from home for almost a year now. And so if you look back over, back to March of last year, the fact that there hasn't been a lot of change, a lot of demand, it could very well reflect that folks just want to maintain until we can get back together. We can have meetings. We can talk about things. We can we can all be in a room together. So if, if it moves slowly, even for the rest of this year, even if we get guidance that makes it easier uh, to make ESG-type decisions, I think that it'll still be a little bit slow until we can all get together. I, I, I just think it's easier to make decisions where you've got everybody in the room, everybody can look each other in the eye and have a good dialogue about what's going on. Nothing against Zoom meetings or WebEx meetings, but it's just not quite the same. Plus, I think there's a maintenance mindset right now. I, I know I have a little bit of that. Like, I just got to get through until we can get back to normal again. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised by the fact that there hasn't been a lot of demand expressed to me personally over the last nine months. Understood. What is the biggest potential danger or exposure uh, with, that you see with ESG? What red flag are you wary of, Fred? Um, you know, I don't have any worries in the, in the, in the sense of, oh my goodness, what are we going to do about this? But, um, you know, when, when, a if, if fiduciaries, plan committee members want to be consistent with the guidance that was issued by the last administration, uh, they should, they should, uh, consult with their advisors about whether or not the investment managers for their mutual funds or collective trusts are using ESG as what the Department of Labor now calls pecuniary factors. A pecuniary factor is one that could have a material impact on risk or return or a combination of the two. Uh, So uh, in other words, right now, if somebody's investing in an ESG fund and what the manager is saying is, oh, we only pick uh, environmental, social, or governance-related investments for our mutual fund or our collective trust uh, simply because they are ESG. Uh, That's not the answer you want to hear under the current guidance. And and in fact, under the prior guidance, that probably wouldn't be the answer you'd want to hear. Well, you'd rather hear what advisors should hear and what uh, plan committees should hear is, we use ESG factors to evaluate the companies that we invest in because we think that will help determine the outcomes in the future. Much like I said earlier, uh, in, you know, the environment's going to be a focus of this administration. There are going to be environmental companies that, that have products or services that are, that are going to be uh, much more uh, widely sought. There's going to be successes. Well, that's a, that is a pecuniary factor. I just went through a pecuniary process or a financial process to say we're using these factors to pick good investments. That's what you want to hear. If you hear that, then yes, you should be in good shape. I think you don't need to make any changes going forward uh, other than you know the classic monitoring of investments that's done by plan committees typically every quarter. Uh, so you want to you you don't necessarily need to hear the words pecuniary factors because that's fairly new and kind of odd, uh, but you should hear the investment manager say, "Yes, we're using these to pick good investments for the future." In that case, they're being used in a way that's consistent with the regulation and will be consistent with almost anything that happens in the future. Uh, so that's where I would end up on it, John. I, I wouldn't rush to make changes right now. I mean, if you have 
uh, some funds that are ESG funds and the, and the manager assures you that they're being used as factors to pick good investments, then I think you're fine. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would go into a little bit of a holding pattern here, uh, unless there were some of the classic changes that, that would cause you to review investment, a change of investment manager, a change of strategy, uh, underperforming the benchmarks, that sort of thing. But, but not just because they're ESG factors. I wouldn't make a decision on that right now because, you know, things are up in the air. Let's face it. I mean, they are up in the air a little bit right now. Right. So there you go. That's, that's what I think. I got it. We'd be remiss, right, if we didn't ask about the new SEC chairman and the outlook for Reg BI. What do you see there? Yeah, I've had some conversations with people who know uh, Gary Gensler fairly well, and and of course I've read the articles that are that are in the uh, industry media. Uh, the the I think the betting money is that that there's not going to be a lot of political capital spent to rewrite or withdraw Reg BI, but instead it's going to be enforced with a um, an expansive reading of the wording. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, there's a, there are several terms in Reg BI that aren't defined, and, and they're critical to understanding and living with Reg BI. Uh, and, and that's because it's a principles-based regulation. Uh, you know, for example, think of the prudent man rule. You have to behave prudently, carefully, diligently, skillfully. Well, that's the prudent man rule under ERISA, but it's also principles-based. None of those words are really defined. So you go over to back to Reg BI now, and, you, and it says that a um, an advisor has to make recommendations that are in the best interest of the investor. Well, well, gee, what does best interest mean? Well, that's one of the terms that's not defined. And as you might imagine, if you have a um, an enforcement agency that's taking a broad definition of best interest, it could have it could be pretty demanding. Uh, another provision in Reg BI is that uh, broker dealers must mitigate the financial incentives of their advisors, such that the advice is always in the best interest of the investor. Well, what the heck does mitigate mean? That's a that's a critical rule. That's a big rule in Reg BI that you have to mitigate. The broker dealer has to mitigate the incentive effect uh, of of financial incentives. Uh, well, mitigation isn't defined either. Okay. So you have best interest that isn't defined. You have mitigation that isn't defined. Uh, so bottom line, John, is, is that, it'll, that those terms like mitigation of best interest will be enforced somewhat more aggressively rather than the rule being rewritten. Always fascinating. Fred Reich, that's exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. Thanks, John. Retirement is changing so is the way we plan for it. If you think retirement means you can't keep building for the future, that adventure is only for the young, or that long-term investing should stop at retirement, let's retire that thinking. And if you think every target date fund can deliver the same long-term results, let's retire that thinking too. Can I give my clients a target date fund that helps their employees retire their way? With Capital Group, I can. Visit capitalgroup.com today. Talk to your financial professional for investment risks and information. American Funds Distributors, Inc., member FINRA.